My hometown on the southwestern tip of Nova Scotia is a fairly insignificant place now. It was once one of the great shipping ports in the world, believe it or not. And the population remains static for about 100 years at 10,000 people, to give you some context. Since then, it shrunk down to about 8,000 people, maybe in the last 25 years. But even though we were kind of a pokey little town at the tail end of the province, we had street lights, believe it or not. And people had cars and back porches and front porches. So there was a fair bit of light coming through the bedroom window and a fair bit of light when you went anywhere at night. And I remember vividly the first time I went away into the woods. It was a cub camp, boy cubs, and my dad was one of the leaders. And we went out into a field together, and it was pitch black, but a beautiful, clear night. And Dad is a little bit of an amateur scientist, so he was pointing out various constellations and talking about the Milky Way, and you've all probably seen it before, but it's astonishing. This beautiful blanket of stars all clustered together as part of the galaxy in which we live and even some beyond. Well, that's a sight that Abraham would have seen pretty well every day of his life. There'd be no shock value in the night sky. But there would definitely have been some shock value when God called him to think about that sight that he had seen all of his life. When this is happening, Abraham is having some doubts, let's put it that way. He's wondering whether he should really believe in the promises of God. A bit like uh, Mr. Bennett from Pride and Prejudice, he thinks that his estate is going to be handed over to somebody in an entail rather than to one of his own offspring that his nation will not continue through him, but through someone else, even though he has been promised that it would. And so he's doubting. And there's his barren wife. And there's his God whispering in his ear, don't give up hope. Do you remember that night sky? Maybe he was sitting in it right then. So look at that night sky. your offspring will be more numerous than that glorious blanket of stars. Well, there is some shock value there, isn't there, for Abram? But for me, the shock value comes in the last sentence of our first reading. And he believed the Lord. He believed the Lord. And the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. You and I have been made certain promises, haven't we? In Christ, through the gospel. Most of you probably know or love Handel's Messiah, where we sing about the Prince of Peace being born, where we talk about the glory of God's beautiful kingdom being brought to fruition, where we hear echoed year after year the promise 
of a world in which there is no violence, no enmity, no war, only peace and love and joy. Well, does that sound like the world we know? I don't think so, does it? You know, just in the past week, think of the things that our minds and souls have been put through. I think we're up to 20 or 22 shootings in Toronto in the last week or so. One just around the corner here, actually two. Then we've all watched with bated breath for the results of the autopsies in the northern part of the province of Manitoba to see whether this killing spree there is over. And none of us are surprised to turn on the news and hear about another mass shooting, most likely in the US, or another bomb going off somewhere across the pond, as we say in Nova Scotia, to refer to everything on the other side of the Atlantic. Do you ever get discouraged? Do you ever wonder whether the promises of God are pie in the sky and nothing's really going to happen? Do you ever wonder if perhaps you're investing so much of your life in something that in the end won't come to much? I think a lot of us feel that way sometimes, and today's readings are an injection of encouragement for all of us to keep watching. God will do what God has promised. To keep faithful. Things will unfold, more correctly continue to unfold as they have begun in Christ, the Prince of Peace. And that promise of an end to all the things that cast a dark shadow across human life, that promise will be fulfilled. Very likely, like Abram, we will never see the fruition in our earthly lives. Who knows? But don't give up hope, is the message of today's gospel. You see, we often think that the enemy or opposite of faith is doubt. But I wonder if it's really things like cynicism, really things like giving up, really things like complacency in the way things are, like it doesn't matter what I do. The world will keep turning as the world turns, and it's not a great place to be. Perhaps the opposite of faith is doubt, but those are the seeds of doubt, aren't they? That if we allow them to grow, they can turn our hearts into embittered places, into places where there is no longer any room for the promise of God or for hope in Christ. The last line of that gospel that I just read is what I would like us to think about as I close today. 
there's a little bit of a jumble there. You probably know that some of those words come from other contexts and other Gospels. But I'd like us to think about these words of our Lord. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. And perk up your ears now. You must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Let's let the hour be unexpected, because it is, but let's not, let's not let the coming be unexpected. Instead, let us live in hope. Let us live in faith that contrary to the way that things seem, nothing can stop God's plan of goodness and love and mercy and compassion and forgiveness and peace and generosity and so on. And more than simply expecting it, let us commit ourselves to be agents of it so that light may shine in the world and we may draw others to the light of Christ who is the light of the world. Amen.